Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender are engaging in conversation about meals. Uh, this comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we talk about food in general, the way it affects our bodies, and then even into a real particular conversation about the Lord's Supper and what it is that we believe, teach, and confess as Lutheran Christians and maybe how that differs from other experiences. But you know, we really hope that you enjoy this conversation and that it will spur you on to having spiritual conversations as well. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Aaron. It's good to see you again, bud. Yeah, likewise, dude. All right. Good to, good to share a cup of coffee with you. Yeah. I feel, I feel drawn to you, man. What? Oh, because you haven't been drinking coffee. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, I was just saying there's something about, you know, sharing a cup of coffee, sharing a beverage or food with someone that just... Were you going to jump right into our theme of the day, like right from the get-go, Kevin? Dude, it's a hot, it's a, it's a heavy theme. It's a big one. We got a lot we got Eating a lot to and say. drinking together, huh? That's it. Yeah. I, actually, like, I mean, just for a moment, it is... Have you ever thought about that? Just like what? eating and drinking together, like as something that... It's so basic to life. Yeah. But it's also like one of the best things about life. Oh, absolutely. Like there's not very many other activities. I'm like, yeah, I like that more than eating and drinking with, with people. <laughs> Pause know? the tape for a second. Pause. Okay. Sorry, I'm not actually pausing it. Um, but just hit rewind a second. Because our theme for today is all for one meal. Based on 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So... That's why we're talking about eating and drinking. So we just we went right after it. You're today. right. Um, but <clears throat> unpause, fast forward. Okay, we're back. Um, no, I would agree. I would agree. And I, I, I have so many fond memories of, of, of experiences of life. But when I look back at what those fond memories were... Um, there was like food and beverage involved Mm -hmm. in that, you know, but sometimes we think of like eating and drinking just as a basic human necessity, but oh, there's, there's more to it than, than that. Um, Actually, my, my, my parents are, well, they were, they were up visiting and um, they, they got a new table at their house and Mm. they asked my wife and I, if we wanted uh, their, their, their old table. Which, this was the table after the last table that they gave to us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a new old table. Yeah. It's a new to you old table. Yeah, so the table that we had, the, the first table that my wife and I were given uh, when we were married was the table from my parents. Uh, Which that, I, I think you actually talked about, right? Back in the fall when we were doing the Spiritually Vibrant Homes. Yeah. There was that loud meals or yeah. something like that. Oh, did I talk we, about this table then? Yeah, because it was like you grew up at it. Now your kids are growing oh, up yeah, at yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this was like when you were talking about <laughs> your, your parents coming with this new table. I was A part of me was like, oh, man. I know. That table. <laughs> so so, so they, they brought it and they wanted to unhaul it. And they're like, all right, let's 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 get out the old one. Or, or like take the old one out, get the new one in. And I was like, oh, can we like... Maybe tomorrow, you know, like we just put this one in the garage, and they're like, "Why don't we just get it in?" And I was like, "Well, I'm not like that sentimental of a guy, but, but I mean, this is like the table that like I grew up eating at. Like I, 
I knew where my brother sat and where I sat, where you guys sat. And now that like all three kids have been raised around this table, we, we eat a lot. Like we're very, like we eat breakfast together and dinner together. And the, you know, the kids and my wife eat dinner, take their lunch together. Like it's a, it's a popular table. We've had guests around this table, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm not very sentimental about like pieces of furniture. Like I'm fine throwing stuff away, but there was something about the, the table that was a little bit harder for me. So, so I listed, so anyways, it didn't, the new one came in that day because we just, I finally just said, fine, just, well, you know, we'll get rid of it. And I posted the other one for sale on a, on a sale site. And so people came to get it. So I made sure to tell them <laughs> about like the sentimentality of this. But then the woman who bought it, um, she goes, you know what? My, my boss was so sentimental about his like childhood table that he turned it into his office desk. So he's like this professional in town. And uh, instead of having like an actual desk, he's got a dining room table as, as his desk. That's awesome. So I was like, shoot, maybe I shouldn't sell it. Maybe I should <laughs> repurpose it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, yeah. that's sweet, man. So sweet. table's gone, but mm. you know, whatever. It, we'll make new memories around this new table. Oh, and yeah. it fits much better in our house. So nice. There you go. No, it's true, though. I mean, even when I think about my own childhood, you know, uh, like kind of the sweeter moments, the brighter moments, like so many of them were just around the dinner table, like just this place you come to. And it was where, like, you know, I have four siblings, so we span, you know, several years. So, like, very few of us were interacting with each other in school at the oh, same time, okay. right? Um, so it's like everyone's gone every which way all day, but then dinner time comes and it's like, we're at the table. And this mm. was like the place where we kind of shared with each other and yeah. caught up on life and, you know, whatever goofy thing happened that day, you could talk about and unpack it with your, you know, family. And yeah, so it's, I mean, there's just something, but we do it every day, you know, we yeah. eat every day. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I just think too, like, okay, so yes, we eat every day, but um, as, as we make connections and Paul does in First Corinthians 11 about, you know, the Lord's Supper uh, being the thing that unites us together, mm-hmm. well, I, I and and it does in in a that sacramental way for sure. But food has the capacity to do that in general. You know, That's right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, share, sharing meals together. I mean, I I again, like I can think of these moments in my life where um, I've experienced different cultures. You know, mm-hmm. through food. I mean, I think about like when I, I traveled to Germany and stayed in a in a host home on the border of Poland with this high schooler and his family and they invited a bunch of friends over and there was this like huge party because the Americans were in town and it was just like my college roommate and I and and I, I mean I don't remember exactly what we ate but I remember we ate together and we drank together in this backyard in Germany and it was this like cultural like bringing to I and mean, we talked about, I mean I remember talking about like politics and mm. presidents and wars and like all this stuff but it was in this very just kind of this this backyard, you know, experience. I mean, I was I, I traveled I was in Kazakhstan for a mission trip one time and we went to this remote village and we're in a like a yurt in the mountains and we sat on the floor and ate ate bread and drank tea. Like I mean, like kind of just you know, these cultures coming together. I mean, in my uh on my vicarage I was a I was an intern in a suburb of Lakewood, Colorado and um I helped to start a ministry there called the Table. You know, <laughs> a good name for it. Where the it wasn't a soup kitchen; it was intended to be a, like a gathering place for 
um, people of all walks of life as we were we were doing a lot of ministry with the working poor and homeless people meeting them mm-hmm. building relationships with them so we started this ministry where we would come together at church pick people up from the motels and people from the church would come doctors lawyers you know pastors homeless people hang out eat together worship together um, and just those experiences are like well yeah there's there's something that really unites you with people over food like all those the language barriers and economic barriers and r- racial barriers all those things go away when you're when you realize hey we're eating and drinking together i don't sorry yeah, that's yeah. a lot of a lot of me just spitballing but there's so many again like i could just keep going of all these experiences of life well and this is so like just to give some context to, to paul then in chapter 11 so in, in, on the sermon on sunday uh-huh. really all i talked about was the lord's supper right yeah, yeah, yeah. that was kind of <laughs> there's so much there there's stuff i didn't even talk about yeah. you know with the lord's supper but contextually paul is also talking about um some things going on in the, the corinthian church which was um actually kind of pagan meals yeah right so and it's what you're talking about that when you share a meal with people um you're kind of in it together it, you don't really but there's a participation aspect to that and so uh, in corinth uh you had these you know uh pagan worship sites where food was a part of the worship mm-hmm. um, which it is for us too i suppose when you think about the right. lord's supper but they had uh, christians at the corinthian church going to these assemblies eating the food but being like well you know i i don't actually believe that stuff right. you know i believe in jesus i'm just i'm just eating it's not a big deal right. uh, they would also take the meats from some of those worship settings and then sell them at markets mm-hmm. afterward as well so it's not like you even had to go to um to the worship to engage in, in eating that food you could pick it up at the marketplace and so some of the christians in corinth saw you know their fellow brothers and sisters eating this food from that have been sacrificed to idols. That have been sacrificed yeah. to an idol, yeah. And they're like, "Well, oh, wait a minute, this this doesn't feel right. Like, I don't think we should be doing this." And and Paul's kind of saying, "Well, he's saying, you know, yeah, like, okay, food. It's not like food's going to condemn you. Right? <laughs> food doesn't have power over Jesus or something. Right? But there is this like participatory, like inclusion kind of mindset when you're when you're having a meal with people, when you're right. sharing food with people. Um, and so he says, yeah, guys, uh, maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, avoid it uh, for the sake of these these Christians who are, you know, it's it's really kind of wigging them out. This yeah. Meatness. But that was a hard deal, too, because, I mean, as my understanding, too, I mean, meat was often, it was kind of hard to come by, too. Sure. So, like, culturally in these pagan cities, like, there would be those big festivals and mm. the meat, there, there was meat available to the people, mm. you know, as part of that, and and so, so it was, it was hard because it's this cultural thing where you can have access to food and all this stuff, but mm. it was food that was being sacrificed to idols, right? And so I was trying to think of like a, a contemporary example because that's kind of removed from us, right? Yeah. This idea, I mean, like I'm not, I don't know, I'm, I don't feel like I find myself in that scenario where I'm in a marketplace where they're selling food that was offered to a, you know, a pagan god, but. Yeah. You know, maybe it has to do with, um, well, I don't know. Like, I started to think of, like, different events, like yeah. entertainment events, maybe. and what it communicates for me to be at it. Yeah. You know? Those are, and those are hard, those are those are real things. I mean, I, I think a, maybe a easy occurrence is just with alcohol consumption in general. Um, sure. You know, so for some people, like, Alcohol is a stumbling block, you know, if, if they were mm. alcoholics or raised in a home of alcoholics. Like, it can be a really 
like a challenge, just a challenging environment for them to be around. And so, yeah. like I think a comment a, a, or a, a connection would be something to the effect of like, is alcohol consumption going to condemn, condemn you? Well, no. Like, is there a place for you to consume alcohol in, in, a, in a way that may may lead to unity and spiritual conversations with people who wouldn't otherwise have it? They, yeah, that's probably possible. Yeah. But if there are also people there and, like, they're looking to you and respect you and, mm. like, your consumption of that affects them... Um, and, and their ability to be connected to Jesus or to other people or to you, like, sure. well, then it's probably not, it's not worth it. You don't need to do that. And, but if you would say like, but I, I need to do it, like I, and I, I want to do it and I don't care about you, then that's where you're like, are you a slave to the alcohol yourself? You right, know? right. Uh-huh. Like if you can't, if you can't see your, like your, your brother or sister in need and right. be willing to sacrifice, you know, your own desires for their sake, like. Well, you should probably <laughs> check check your your own heart in need, you know, and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. That's so. got like some echoes too there of uh, even your sermon again on uh, all for one morality, because oh. it was that same kind of a frame of, you know, <laughs> can I do this? Can I do that? Why am I asking? Oh, yeah. And is it out of concern for my brother or sister? You know, so often we think of those moral decisions as yeah. just what I kind of want to do, what I feel like doing. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, Paul, he's trying to get. Definitely in Corinth, when people are thinking of themselves and yeah. therefore dividing themselves, you know, yeah. that kind of pride piece, he is really trying to get them to look, look to the other people, you yeah. know, look to your, your brothers and sisters. And, yeah. So, Kevin, I think we've done a good job probably setting the stage of like the importance of, and the unifying factor of eating and drinking food mm-hmm. together. And I think those of you listening, you can probably think of your own experiences going, yeah, that's right, tables, food, drink, like, yeah brings people together. We don't want to do that to divide one another. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be helpful, um, and, and hopefully for our listeners as well, if we, let's let's get specific on, on the Lord's Supper yeah. some more. Uh, and maybe maybe what, you know, what is it that we believe, teach, and confess as Lutheran Christians, uh, and, and how we get there, and, and why that's actually a beneficial thing for our faith. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good, uh, good conversation to have as well and hopefully for our listeners too yeah let's do it um so kevin Uh uh-huh when you you connected us in the sermon Mm -hmm. uh to passover that's right yep right so there's there's one connection can you do that again real kind of briefly quickly for us like how how did the passover translate to the lord's supper as jesus instituted it exactly so first thing to, to pay attention to is just that it is the Passover, is what they're eating together, yeah. right? Jesus and his disciples, uh, which is a leap for us because most of us haven't experienced Passover. Yeah. Passover was the meal celebrated uh, by Israel forever, ever since the first Passover, which was when God came in with the angel of death, um, saw the, the bloods, uh, the lamb of the blood uh, on the doorposts that the Israelites had killed, slain, put on their doorposts. That angel of death passed over their houses, so they were saved. They were brought out of Egypt. And Moses is like, hey, let's do this every year. Well, I think God actually is the one who says, yeah. do, do this every year uh, to remember this act of salvation. So so this is part of Jewish history, Israeli history, this, hey, we're remembering when God redeemed us, when yeah. God, <laughs> he purchased us, won us out of Egypt. Yeah. Okay. And now Jesus all of a sudden starts switching it up. Yeah. And uh, instead of doing the traditional Passover, he 
I mean, he's reinterpreting it, basically, in light of himself, right? Mm -hmm. Which is all the prophets are pointing to Jesus, too. So Jesus is saying, look, that's pointing to me. Like, what I'm doing here tonight on the cross with my blood shed for you is in the same way going to deliver you, yeah. but in a bigger way. Yeah. <laughs> so not out of Jerusalem. Like, it's not out of Egypt, out of Jerusalem. It's out of sin and death. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, so communion is connected to Passover in that way. It's uh, Jesus reinterpreting it and saying, hey, everyone, <laughs> I am dying for you, so yeah. you will live. Uh, eat and drink my body, my blood. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah. And there, so there's eating and drinking involved, right? Mm. And on Passover, mm -hmm. uh, the people that killed the lamb did what with the lamb? They ate the body. Yeah. I ate it. Yeah. And, I mean, you can imagine that, that when, they, when they ate that, they would, they would be consuming knowing that it was that lamb's life instead of their mm. life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always talk about the Lord's Supper too, I mean, in, a, in this tangible way. Like we, as Lutheran Christians, we take Jesus at his word. Mm -hmm. um, that he says, this is my body, this is my blood. Um, we just say, cool, it, it is. And it is the bread and wine because it is, and it is his body and blood because he says it is, and it's this divine mystery. But there, there's a, we take Jesus at his word, but we also look kind of at, like historically, scripturally, how God has interacted with his people from the beginning mm -hmm. in, 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 in tangible ways. God always shows up to his people. So he, we believe that, like, that he has the capacity to show up to us as well, and he does in the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Um, so eating and drinking is this very human experience where stuff happens, and what we eat and drink affects us. Kevin, <laughs> I wasn't planning on saying this, but right, right ask me, dude, ask me. Well, right before, <laughs> right before we hit record on here, um, Kevin and I were, were chatting. He and I have been doing our best to uh, try to live, you know, healthy lives and, you know, you know, avoid. We're, we're attending to the way, the way our, our bodies, bodies react yes. to certain foods and beverages. Yes. And so we were, we were lamenting the fact that, you know, we, we ate and drank some things that our bodies didn't respond to super well <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we don't need to go into yeah, we'll spare you the, the details. details. <laughs> it's not that bad, but, um, but food affects us. Mm -hmm. This is the point. Yeah. Food, food affects our body. So, right. like when I'm when I'm teaching about the Lord's Supper, like to confirmation kids, um, I've said to there, there was this one kid one time who was like lactose intolerant, mm -hmm. and um, he loved pizza. And so, like we would have pizza for snack, and he would he would mow mow down on the pizza, and then like the rest of class would just be like, "Oh, my stomach hurts." And we're like, "All right, so here's an example: what we eat affects our bodies, right?" Yeah. When you put something in your mouth and you chew it and you consume it, it enters your bloodstream and it mm. flows throughout your body, right? You think about like the, even the little capillaries, the tiny little, you know, oh, places yeah. that your blood goes. It goes through your big arteries and all throughout, right? There's blood in every, almost every single part of your body. Mm. So food enters your bloodstream. So you really are, in a way, transformed by what you eat and what you drink. So when we eat and drink of the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, as Jesus promises, mm -hmm. it transforms us mm -hmm. into Christ-likeness. We will never be Christ, but mm -hmm. when we eat and drink his body and blood, 
he enters us and, and changes us. And that's really cool if you think about it, yeah. right? Because it was his life for ours. So mm. when we talk about um, like the Passover being a, a life-giving thing to the people who are passed over, right? The, the Lamb of God that is given to us, we are his, we, we actually experience like his death and resurrection for us. His life enters mm. our, our lives. Like, so, um, not to, there, there obviously are different Christian teachings about, you know, what's happening in the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're, we're from a tradition that kind of the historical tradition yep. that, um, that takes these things very literally and seriously and not just, um, not just symbolically as, um, an act of remembering some, a past event that Jesus did for us. But you, you actually had a really cool uh, connection that multiple people um, talked to me about after your yeah. sermon. I don't know if they talked to you, um, but you, you did this thing in the sermon where you're talking about remembrance, right? Because Jesus says, do this, as, uh, do this in remembrance of me. And you said in the sermon, what's the opposite of remember? And automatically in my head and I was sitting next to my wife and she actually even mumbled it like forget you know so I think you got everybody on that hook like what's the opposite of remember I think everybody collectively was going forget did you do that intentionally well so yeah and 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 just cards on the table this is this was not an original thought of mine there so, are no original thoughts Kevin that's I, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way <laughs> when I when I first heard I did that okay I said forget of yeah. course it's like yeah forget okay but then uh no you know the opposite of remember is dismember and uh that becomes a little more graphic yeah (laughs) start to think of that you know the idea of a a member as a part of our body and yeah and so uh yeah jesus saying do this in remembrance of me and the idea of of remembering i mean putting back together yeah i mean really it takes us right back to to the garden of eden think about it man Created in God's image, you know? I mean, that's what we want. We want to be refashioned into, into Jesus' image. We talk about that even just eating the Lord's Supper, how we want to be turned more and more, look like Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and this is, yeah, Jesus, he wants it for us too. So yeah. He says, take, eat. Yeah. Like, Let me be a part of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's so, super cool. I'm glad it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or that I just wasn't the only dummy when I first heard it. I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> No, no. A couple of people, like after after service, are like, "Wow, I'm, that was really, really, really effective." So, yeah, um, yeah. And this is uh, just to go back. I mean, I think it is important to to realize, you know, um, that that is the way the church treated the Lord's Supper. I mean, all the way up till the Protestant movement, really. Uh, and we're Protestants right. uh, uh, technically, but we still are in line with history on that one uh-huh. in terms of how they always treated in the catholic mass i think it's they say hoc es corpe meum okay this is my body yeah um and, and that's kind of a big big staple there and i mean they have a slightly different view of us i suppose when it comes to yeah. we can just talk about it well yeah so i'll just, i can do it real quick if you don't do mind it. so lay on us so in the uh, historic catholic church the catholic church would um when we talk about the body and blood of, of Christ, the true, the real presence or the true presence, the literal presence of Christ, the Catholic Church um, believes in the real presence of Christ, but they actually believe that the bread and wine are no longer. Mm-hmm. So it's like this total transformation, or they call it transubstantiation, where it, like the substance changes, trans substance, right? Um, 
So that's kind of, if you want to think of it on a spectrum, that would be the Catholic uh, Church uh, totally transforms, but a presence of Christ. Um, on in, in a lot of other kind of Protestant churches, and there's varying degrees of this, but um, just to kind of put everybody into one lump and then put Lutherans in the middle. Um, uh, the other, the other kind of extreme option is to think of it just symbolically um, that what we're doing, that, that what we've been asked to do by Jesus or even commanded by him is to eat and drink this bread and wine in remembrance, thinking about the body and blood of Jesus and what he has done for us, remembering that he died for us and rose for us and that he forgives us and loves us. Um, but when you eat and drink it, you should be thinking about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just nothing. It's actually like there's no happening. Yeah, no mystery, no mystical. God's not actually. It, it's a little callous to say God's not actually there because if you ask them, they would they would say, "No, God's there. Of sure. course, he, of course, he's there." But yeah. um, but it, it's really kind of dependent on that whole remembering act of of what Jesus did. Right. Um, the Lutheran Church is, is in the middle. Um, the kind of Lutherans are famous for holding things in tension, I suppose. Um, paradox or paradoxes, just kind of holding two truths at the same time. So, I mean, our I think our official statement is that we believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in, with, with and under <laughs> the bread and wine. Pick your prepositions. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about on top of? Yeah. Around <laughs> <laughs> with uh, yeah well no with is one of them all right anyways um, what that basically means is it is bread and wine um, because um, because it is I mean, it I, we we buy it from the store like people made it like there's ingredients in it yeah like so um, and but but it also is Jesus body and blood mm. um, and then people want to ask like well how how did that happen or when when does it happen like <laughs> yeah. is it when the pastor like, do you say the words right? Ble yeah, blesses yeah. it, or like it's this poof, and then it was a magic show or whatever. Yeah, like we don't even honestly, we don't even go there. Like it may it may seem like that to the observer or to the con congregation congregant or whatever. Like if you're participating, it may seem like we're doing some sort of. I mean, there's a process to it, right? But yeah, but it's not formulaic in the sense of got to do it, this, this, and this, and then it works. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. we just we believe that Jesus says do this for the forgiveness of your sins, for the building up of the body of Christ, yeah. um, and I'll show up and I'll meet you there. Mm. And so it, it's this divine mystery. And actually, the the Greek word for sacrament mm -hmm. is the word mysterion, mysterion or mystery. Yeah, right? that's actually the early church would just call the sacraments the mysteries, the yeah. mysteries of God. Yeah. You know, pastors were stewards of the mysteries. Yeah. So, which honors that. And I kind of like, you know, that we're in the tension there as Lutherans because it, to me, also honors the incarnation, mm -hmm. right? It's not like Jesus was only divinity, right? <laughs> you know, it wasn't like he was just God floating around. No, he was, he was 100% God, yeah. but he was also in human form, right? You know, he had human blood. In the flesh, you, you know, we talk about the incarnation. I know this is a big church word, but oh, in, yeah, incarnation, carne. Right, they were. You've been to a Mexican restaurant. They, the heading Carne under Sada. yeah, meat. Right, carne <laughs> is meat. So yeah. incarnation is in the meat in the flesh in meat form. Yeah, <laughs> God came in meat. Right in flesh. Yeah. Right? So this is who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. God in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, 
I was going to say earlier, it's kind of nice that the Corinthian church was so jacked up because uh, it's nice having Paul's words there for, uh, I mean, we say them. I mean, it's kind of cool that this is those words. We say them. We yeah. repeat Paul's very words there, uh, which were Jesus' words. Right. Um, but we kind of use the way he structures the language of, of the words of institution. And uh, that was the first time it was in print oh. uh, to the Corinthian church. Because yeah. the Gospels, I mean, this is... It's not 100%, yeah. but we're pretty sure the Gospels came later than the pastoral letters of Paul. Yeah. So, yeah, the first time that these words are in print is Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Yep. It's kind of cool. Yep. But obviously they were already doing it in the different churches. They didn't need his letter to tell them. Right. Here's the exact words. But, right. Yep. But, so I think if we yeah. take these two things together, this the reality of where we started this conversation mm-hmm. that, you know, Neil's unite us with people they bring us together this eating and this drinking the lord's supper is this you know i mean you did these things how it connects us um present uh, to the past present to the past us to one another or individuals to community and us to god right there's this really coming together and that's that's um that's why we value the lord's supper as well and what we Mm -hmm. believe and teach we take seriously um that we want people to know um what's going on because it, it is meant for the building up of the body of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there is a, with the Lord's Supper, there is an individual element, like this vertical dimension between um, what I experience in the Lord's Supper and what you experience. Like we each yeah, individually receive the forgiveness of sins from Jesus Christ and he meets us there. Mm-hmm. But we do call it communion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it is meant to be um, done together. And that's that whole like First Corinthians 11 thing. It's, you know, Paul says, you're not doing it together, therefore you're not participating in the Lord's Supper. So right. make sure you're participating together. So um, so this is this is why we actually like want people to kind of agree on what we agree on. Yeah. Right? Like before before participating mm-hmm. together in, in this supper that's meant to build us up. Like mm-hmm. if we're like if we're way off on differing degrees or if we're not willing to forgive one another, or if we just mm-hmm believe way different things then let's let's talk about those things first but yeah this this meeting together and joining together with the community is meant to be a a, 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 a uniting thing and mm-hmm. so if we're not kind of even close in alignment with our understanding of who Jesus is and who we are like maybe we shouldn't be doing this together in this place right yeah your act of taking it with this group is signifies signifies i mean it's a declaration an unspoken declaration of unity right. with this group yep yeah. yep yeah. just like any other i mean really any, any other like place you would go to <laughs> uh you know if you go to like a political rally for a candidate right you know like i, I might not tell anyone yes i like this guy but if i'm there like in the place like my my being there kind right. of says oh i do right you now right um so yeah it's a it's a it communicates things and and in a yeah in a very real way it does uh, unite us as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 And I, I, this is my own like kind of faith development with the Lord's Supper, ex- experiencing it and stuff too. I've just found like this, this reassurance that Jesus meets us mm-hmm. and, and this eating and drinking does something to me. So, um, so like I, I guess I'm kind of, I become more and more in tune to that reality. Um, and it's been a, a faith strengthening experience, mm. um, more so than just like a ritual, ritualistic kind of action that I go through, but just this reality that 
you know, even if I don't have my mind right, like even if I haven't like perfectly remembered what Jesus did for me on the cross, like mm -hmm. I still walk away from that place, still eating and drinking his promise for the forgiveness and, and life eternal. And it's in my body and he's working it through my digestive tract <laughs> and into my bloodstream. Like he's like, yeah. I leave that place and he's, he's become this good work in me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, so there's a, there's a lot that's happening there. Um, more so than just a ritual or just a, a thinking exercise or just kind of this, right. um, like Jesus is actually showing up to give you forgiveness to eat and consume so that you go as a forgiven one and, and be transformed into a forgiver, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, it's cool that it is experiential, you know, yeah. and we don't always, uh, like maybe sometimes in our Christian lives, like so much of our faith gets relegated to our heads. Uh. <laughs> But God actually wants us to like experience Him, yeah. you know, more than just in our heads. Like yeah. to actually, I don't know, yeah, to experience His love, you know. Yeah. And and I think we all have unique times in our lives when that happens. But this is like one place where God's like, hey, like come and experience me, you yeah. all together. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of cool that we're joined in it in that way too, where where God's like taste and, and see, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just a different, you know. He gets that we're human. For I guess sure. He would because He made us. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so. Um, you know, so those of you who listen to this conversation at home, we, or wherever, wherever you are, maybe you're driving your car or taking a walk, taking a, maybe even cutting your grass. I don't know. Did you cut your grass? Ooh, I have not. Yeah. I might get a little long. My neighbor was cutting his grass and I was thinking, is it a little early for cutting grass? I think it's a little early, but mm. anyways, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, maybe, maybe you're eating food. Um, there, there may have been something new that you heard, uh, I'd encourage you to think more about those things, but ideally, go and turn that into a conversation with somebody else and say, "Hey, did you know? What do you think about this?" You know, um, we we want you to be people having faith conversations, and that's what we're just trying to model that for you. Uh, but on on the other hand, if there's something maybe in particular about the Lord's Supper mm. that you're curious about, you know, if, maybe if you don't have this kind of Lutheran Christian background, or even if you do, um, and you're like, "Whoa, I never." knew that or I've got more questions about that uh, don't hesitate to reach out to Kevin or I we we'd love having uh, faith conversations with people so um, yeah lots lots more to be said but I think it's enough for today yeah and hey one last thing yeah. if you want communion ah if you want communion also let us know we'd be happy to uh, have communion bring it to you depending on where you're at um, obviously we'd love doing it together yeah, here yeah, for sure uh, with the body um, but this has been a kind of a wild time, wild year, yep. and uh, it's not something super out of the ordinary for us to go out and do with others too. Absolutely, for sure. Good. It was great uh, having this uh, drink with you, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Have a good week, buddy. You too.